Hi and welcome to Influencer Marketing Talks, a podcast brought to you by Cure Media, the leading influencer marketing company for fashion brands. This is your weekly podcast to learn more about influencer marketing and social media in right around 15 minutes. I'm Frida Ekholm, social media manager at Cure Media, and in today's episode, I got my colleague Julia Arheden with me in the studio. Julia works as a client manager at Cure Media, and in today's podcast episode, she will share her thoughts on why you need to scale your influence marketing. Hi, Julia, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me back. It's been a while. Yes. Yeah. So before we jump into the questions for today, could you start by telling us a bit about yourself and what you do at Cure Media? Of course. Um, I've been at Cure for uh, a little bit more than two years now, um, and I've been working as a client manager for almost the entire time. And I'm the person who reaches out to brands to educate in consumer behavior, influencer marketing, and understand their goals and challenges to see how we can support these goals with a strategy for influencer marketing. And to me, these are really exciting times to be in the industry. Uh, consumer behaviors are changing, the way we shop, the way we're influenced change so fast. Uh, there are new platforms, features to consider, which makes it super important to stay on your toes and be up to date and curious and adaptable. That's so true. And Although influence marketing is growing at a record pace, it still represents a small percentage of the total marketing budget for many brands and companies. Yeah. But with the continued growth of the influence marketing industry, because it's growing and it's growing fast, more and more companies are upping their budgets and want to strengthen their influence marketing activities. You touched upon consumer behavior a bit in your introduction, Julia, and we know that many brands are increasing their influencer marketing budgets as a result of the changing consumer behaviors. So I thought we'd start with the basics of scaling up that we're talking about today. So Julia, what does scaling up your influencer marketing mean according to you and us at Cure Media? Yeah, perfect. It's super important to start from the beginning. So scaling up can mean a lot of things, but it means basically that you grow your influencer marketing. And this means that you either increase the number of influencers you work with or the frequency you work with them. And the point of sc scaling up is to get more out of the channel. And that entails having more touch points with your audience and communicating with a larger part of your audience. And who wouldn't want to talk to more people in your audience? <laughs> exactly, yeah. So in terms of numbers, what does scaling up mean? Frida, that's a very good question. And I get it every time. <laughs> uh, but it's super hard to answer without any background information. So what's enough scale depends so much on the size and the importance of the audience, um, the size of the brand and what budget you're working with. But for many brands, I'd say it's substantially more than what you're doing today. Um, but just to give a benchmark uh, to have in mind to uh, is to allocate roughly 10 to 20% of your marketing budget 
to influence marketing. And if you're working with fashion, beauty, or interior design, you probably need and want to be on the higher end of that span. Uh, but of course, we know that this is a gradual process. Uh, you can't go from zero to 100 in one go. So it's worth noticing that digital natives uh, within these industries are spending way above these numbers um, in the channel. So, for example, uh, Naked, which is a, a very fast-growing digital native brand, um, they've been spending 10 million euros alone on influencer marketing during 2020. And since they started 2016, they work with over 100,000 influencers. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, so that's scale for you. And obviously, you can't go from working with one influencers to 100,000 influencers in one go. But it's important to consider that that's the scale that the um, the digital natives are working with today. And they're super successful. Yeah. And we actually had Naked on the podcast earlier. So scroll back a few episodes and tune into that afterwards if you want to hear more. Please do. It's a really good episode. Yes. We know that social media is a crowded space today and brands are fighting for consumers' attention and consumers are fighting to choose brands to shop from. And as consumer behavior has changed, so need marketing strategies. And back to consumer behavior, how, Julia, has the media and behavior changed over the last couple of years? Media consumption and consumer behaviors has changed so much over the past years that it's a completely different landscape today. And it's changing continuously, which makes it challenging for marketers to keep up and adapt. But of course, the biggest changes and the changes that goes for all tar- target groups uh, across the globe is that we're spending a tremendous amount of time on our phones and on social media. Yeah, for millennials and Gen Z, it's up to like three hours now. Yeah, I don't even want to look at my screen time report (laughs) that comes on Mondays. And there's even like an expression now called tech neck that describes the pain you feel in your neck from staring at your phone too much or your computer. So it's, it's becoming a real issue. And what about consumption patterns? So the shift from traditional retail to e-commerce has obviously uh, accelerated with COVID-19, but not only is there a trend towards online shopping, consumers are now actually turning to social media to search for inspiration on what to buy, find brands, products, and actually make their purchase on social media as well. That's right. And a study by IBM actually showed that we've jumped five years ahead in the digital transformation. So it's been moving quickly. Really? And how is this changing consumer behavior connected to influencer marketing and the fact that you need to scale your influencer marketing strategy? This obviously have a huge impact on the influencer marketing industry. And a change in consumer behavior like this means that consumers are relying on influencers to a greater extent than ever to inspire them and help them navigate through the e-commerce jungle. Yeah, because it's, it's a jungle out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, since, since we're spending more time online, more brands are allocating more resources uh, to their social channels. So the media noise is, um, yeah, more than it's ever been. Yeah. 
Um, but looking at millennials and Gen Z female audience, uh, their top source for finding new products they want to buy is influencers' posts on social media, according to a study by Morning Consult. And I mean, this fact alone is an argument enough to scale up your influencer marketing, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. But together with that fact and that we're spending more time on social media and especially on our phones uh, and that we're shifting from retail to e-commerce to social commerce, I think it's impossible to neglect influence marketing as a campaign based silo channel today. Yeah, you really need to look at the big picture here. Yeah. So, yeah, we're talking a long term always on approach to influencer marketing and scaling up your strategy. But why isn't it enough to do a few seasonal campaigns or one-offs for brands? Why do brands need to scale up? First of all, if you're working um, on a small scale, you won't reach enough part of your target group. Um, and the risk of that is that you you won't be remembered and you won't be, make and enough impact on your target group that can be measurable. And if you're working on seasonal campaigns, say that you plan the entire fall for a Black Friday um, influencer activation, your team has made a tremendous effort to make that, but your audience will spend a few seconds looking at that, and then they will keep scrolling on their phone, see another message, and your brand will be forgotten. Yeah, by the end of the day, because there's no one to remind you about them the next day and the, or the next week or the next month. Yeah. And maybe the next brand when they're scrolling is a brand that's been doing influencer marketing for the whole year. Exactly. Yeah. So you can make a beautiful campaign um, that you put a lot of effort into, but your audience will not appreciate that for like the time you put down. If that's that makes true. sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What are the risks if you work on a small scale with your influencer marketing? What landmines are there to step on? There are several, of course, um, but I've picked three of the most common risks that I know that, um, that people face if they work on a smaller scale. So first of all, um, it's hard next to impossible to evaluate the outcome if you work on a small scale. So if you don't have enough volume, um, you won't be able to see any peaks in your sales data. Uh, you can't see how it affects your brand awareness or your preference. And it can't affect your other channels to the extent that it's measurable. I know you've been talking a lot about in the podcast, like the spillover effects that you see from influence marketing. If you're working on a too small of a scale, those effects um, are not reached. Um, and the risk of you doing this is that you won't see the results and you don't think the channel works for you and you won't u- utilize the channel uh, that your audience spends so much time and use for shopping inspiration. Yes. Yeah, we, we've talked to people that tried influence marketing but very small scale and then said after only like a few posts or one month, it's like it's not working for my brand. Exactly. And that's that's the risk you have when you're working on a too small scale or with a shorter time frame. Yeah. So scale up when it's time, but always work always on. Exactly. 
Uh, and the second risk I want to bring up is um, if you work on a small scale with, say, like two or three influencers, it's very hard to determine which influencers that work for your brand and which don't. And it's the same for like which type of content works for you, which message, which discount code, um, everything that you want to optimize, you really can't if you work on a small scale. Um, and if you, on the other hand, have several influencers you work with, you can easier see the patterns on what works and what doesn't. Yeah, so you're getting more data to handle and look at. Exactly. And uh, this is something our operations team is really good at. They handle Yeah, they're spending their days doing that. Yes. Mm. And the third thing that I wanted to bring up and the last thing is that never before have this many brands allocated this many resources to their online channels and meaning that the media noise is harder than ever to break through. And I was touching upon this in the beginning, but I think it's important to to highlight this again. So even if you worked really hard to set up a good campaign, um, the hard truth is that your audience will be exposed to a new message only seconds after and likely will forget about you. And that's the same thing I was talking about before as well. So if you don't work on a scale, you risk being lost in the noise. And since you don't have any reminders coming up with new influencers or the same influencer coming back to remind about your brand. That's true. It's noisy out there yeah and it's becoming worse so (laughs) yeah yeah definitely so in summary julia uh, scaling up will make it possible to see clearer results in not only influencer marketing but also the spillover effects on other marketing channels you will be able to optimize and see patterns what works and what doesn't and you need to scale up to cut through the cluttered noise that is on social media among this very targeted audience Now that we've eliminated the risks, what are the benefits of scaling your influence marketing? Now I've boiled it down to four benefits. (laughs) Um, I found three risks, but four benefits. So I think that the good have to outweigh the bad. Yeah. Um, So when you scale, you'll have more data attempt to determine what works in terms of influencer selection, content, message, channel, format, offer, etc., 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 So as we touched upon uh, talking about the risks, this is a benefit if we work at scale, you'll have data on all of these things, which um, makes it easier to make adjustments to optimize your outcome and reach the full potential and results faster. Yeah, and who wouldn't want to be the best version of themselves? The competition is so hard out there, so it's uh, it's super important to to reach your full potential yeah. as fast as you can yeah. in a controlled environment. Of you course. need to be the best version of yourself here. Yeah, there's there's no uh, <laughs> no other way out. Um, and you'll reach enough part of your audience to actually see the measurable results and how influencer activation affects other channels. Yeah, it does for sure. My second benefit is that growth is an important aspect to a lot of brands now, and you can reach new potential customers when scaling up, and you know what triggers new customers. Um, and in order to grow, um, you have to you can't just reach the same audience over and over again. It's super crucial to reach um, to reach a new target group. Yeah. You can do that with scaling up your influencer marketing. That's a great option. 
My third one, I'll come back to it again, but it can't be said enough times. You're able to break through the noise with influencers, presence in your consumer's feed at all time, reminding and talking about your brand. And I, I don't think it can be said enough. Like You have to send out reminders all the time. It's a great channel to talk about your brand and your brand story and your brand values. Yeah, and coming from different voices also is uh, is super important to make a different point of views. Yeah. Which leads me to my final benefit. Uh, working with many influencers means that you can work with influencers of all different size, color, age, point of views, disabilities, etc. With inclusivity being a very important part of what Gen Z and millennials think is important when choosing which brands they want to purchase from, scaling up your influence marketing can also showcase how you stand in these matters and help you to showcase the representation that your brand supports and stands for. Definitely. That's a really good point, Julia. Yeah. And I can just add to that that um, according to, to studies and research that have been done pretty recently... Um, very few people from Gen Z generation can recognize themselves in like traditional ads and commercials done from brands. And it's super important for everyone to be able to relate to what they see in ads and what they see in commercial messages. So in, the influencer scene is definitely made for showing more representation and uh, inclusivity. I totally agree. We're running out of time. So thank you, Julia, for joining the podcast today. It was a pleasure to have you here. Um, if listeners want to find you, where can they look? They should definitely go to LinkedIn and just search for my name. This takes us to the end of another episode of Influencer Marketing Talks. Make sure you follow us on our social media platforms at Cure Media to continue the conversation there. Also, if you like the podcast, give us a rating in Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app.